In this series, we have been doing our best to teach you something that was actually taught about 25 years ago by one of our mentors. And he taught it so spectacularly. There's nothing we could add that would make it better. We're doing our best to pass this on to you because we believe that the content of this series can have a dramatic impact on your life the way it has on ours. We're talking about this series, we're calling it Real Talk, Getting Real, Getting It Right. You see, our Christ-following Christian life, it starts when we say to God, I can't do this myself. I, I need a Savior. I don't need more rules. I need a Savior. And what we started as a relationship with Jesus, it can only continue as a relationship with God. That's how it started. That's how it continues. In our day-to-day -day life, that is the same. Every single day, we say this, I cannot be a better version of me. I've tried. It doesn't work, God. I need you to do it, God. I, I as a pastor, as a teacher, um, Cole and I, all we can do really is just present to you the truth that is going to point each one of us toward this ongoing relationship with God and allow His Spirit. We've been looking at, we're continuing this series. It's called Real Talk. We've been looking at Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, we're going to ask today, as we look again at this chapter, we're going to ask God's Spirit to do work in our lives. You see, the Christ-following life, um, it's allowing Jesus to live his life through us. The Christian life, um, that is the life of Christ. It's his life. I cannot live his life, which means I can't live the Christian life. Only Christ can live his life. And so I need him to live it through me. Because all I can do is just promise to do better, and so I can make a recommitment and re-up my commitment and recommit my recommitment. That's all I can do is say, I'll try harder, I'll do better. But the Christian life actually is moment by moment relating to God, listening to, depending upon, submitting to God's Spirit. That's what the Christian life is. And Jesus made it so clear that it's His life and it's about Him. John chapter 14, verse 6, here's what Jesus said. Jesus told him, here's a quote, direct quote, I am the way, this is Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is saying the only way that we can connect with or relate with God our Father is through a relationship. It's through the life of Jesus. It's not rules. We don't relate to him with rules. We don't relate to him with laws. We don't relate to him by saying, I'll do better, I'll do better, I'll try harder. No, it's only through the life of Jesus. This whole thing that we've been talking about, it's 100% relationship. And yet... We still try to approach God. We still try to connect with God by saying, okay, God, now, yeah, I got that. But now I'm going to try to please you. And then we blow it. And then we try harder. And then we try and we try and we try harder. We try more. We get worn out. And then we look at God and we say, wow, this whole Christ following thing doesn't work. 
And Jesus said, I'm trying to be as clear as I could. I mean, no man can get to the Father initially or on an ongoing relationship basis except through me. And that's called walking according to the Spirit. It is 100% relational. Now, Paul has been describing for us two types of walking through this life. He called the first one walking in the flesh. And that's basically just walking in my own strength. That's me, the power of Harley. It's driven by my own desires, driven by my fears, my worries, my all. It's just my insecurity. It's all about me. And there are people who can kind of successfully walk through life that way. It's going to be the person who is raised in the best of circumstances, um, which helps cut down on problems in life. It's the person who has the greatest amount of self-discipline and inner drive. And try to be a good person, I'm going to try to be a good Christian. But usually the result of that, that person usually becomes very judgmental and very critical of other people because they are driven by a sense of, all right, I know this, I've got to make myself look good before God, and I've got to make myself look good for other people. And so, and then they move from that to, and really, you ought to, you ought to look good the way I look good, and obviously, I'm doing it better than you're doing it, and that's kind of the way they approach life. And that approach actually comes pretty natural to us. But Paul then says, there's a second, a second way to walk through this life, and it's the way God has designed for you. This second approach, God wants us to learn how to do this because it's not natural. And he wants us to live this way. And here's what it is. It's, uh, it, it doesn't come natural, so we have to learn how to do this. And it is awkward for us according to God's spirit. And that's living day by day, moment by moment of each day, dependent upon God's spirit to lead us to do things, to lead us in what he wants us to do. And then through that, we're depending upon him moment by moment to give us the power that we need in order to do that. The best way to understand this is really just to look. If you're a believer today, a follower of Jesus, to look at your salvation experience. Because it's pretty, pretty similar. I mean, it's that moment-by-moment moment, moment moment approach to God. Here, here's what that means. The salvation side, me understanding that, says, Okay, God, I, I cannot save myself from hell. That's how we approach it. And so if we look at living life moment by moment with God, then we also say, and Lord, I can't save myself from lust. I can't save myself from hell. I needed you to save me. I can't save sense. Here's another. Lord, I can't save myself from hell. That's the salvation side, right? And the very moment by moment life says this, Lord, I can't save myself from anger. I need you to do that. You see, I can't save myself from hell. Lord, I can't save myself in a moment-by-moment -moment part of my day from being judgmental towards other people. Lord, I can't save myself from hell. That's salvation. And Lord, I can't save myself from depression. I just slip into it. I can't save myself from that. I can't save myself from hell. I can't save myself from anxiety. I can't save myself from hell. I can't save myself 
um, from self-discipline. I can't make myself do these things. And so this is a moment by moment. It, what's, how we started with salvation is the same way we live our life day by day, moment by moment. It's a mindset. Moment by moment, it's a conversation, an ongoing conversation, a moment by moment relationship. And it leads us to total dependency upon God. It's upon His Spirit. And we're asking Him to lead us in this moment, to empower us in this moment to do what we cannot do on our own. You see, God doesn't give us, we talked about this last week, He doesn't give us a step one, step two, step three. He doesn't do that. He doesn't give us a how-to manual. He just simply is going to give us hints and give us insights and say, okay, take that step. All right, Romans chapter 8. Paul has developed this whole point, and he said no matter what kind of destructive family background you might have grown up in as a child and then a teenager and then into your adulthood, no matter what um, has impacted your thinking, what experience you have inherited into your life, no matter what habits have developed because of those past relationships and growing up and all that hurt, no matter what decisions that you've made in your past that have made you a slave to these destructive things. He says, no matter what all that junk is in our lives, he says, you don't just have the option of learning how to cope with that and how to move on and just kind of live with all that mess. He says, that's not your only option. He says, once you become a follower of Jesus, you are no longer a slave to those things of the flesh. You're not a slave to that anymore. You don't have to just figure out how to cope with it and how to live with it. Paul is saying you can actually live a life free of that sin no matter what it is. So let's jump into Romans. We've kind of started at the beginning each week. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. He says, therefore, there is now, this moment right now, no condemnation. You can't be condemned for those, you got to be in this category, who are in Christ. That means you're a Christ follower. Verse 2, because through Christ, and here's why, because through Christ, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of the law of the Spirit of life, here's what he has done. You could double underline this in your Bible, has set me free, set me free from the law of sin and death. Those are those two laws, law of walking with the Spirit, the law of sin and death, which is walking in the flesh. And he said, God's Spirit has set us free from the law of sin and death. When someone becomes a follower of Jesus, God automatically, at that very moment, that very moment, they set, He sets them free from the power of sin and death and all the things that have been driven by sin and death. Before that, we were a slave. Before that, we were bound we were a slave, but he set us free, and we can choose, though, to remain a slave. 
He's set us free, but we can say, well, I'm just going to do the best I can with the problems that I have and just try to live my life. It's just part of my life. I'm, I'm just going to have to learn to live with it. If I'm living that way and somebody points out my sin to me or my struggle to me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quickly say, oh, nobody's perfect. Hey, <laughs> you don't have the right to judge me. You know, you deal with your mess and I'll deal with my mess. And God is like, listen, you got it wrong. You don't have to learn to just live with it. God is saying, that's why I sent Jesus. He came not to help you live with the mess. He came to set you free from the mess. Not just from the eternal penalty of sin, but also from the daily power that sin has over your life. See, as we're learning to walk in the Spirit, that leads us to recognize that moment by moment, we require God's empowerment to live in that moment. Without it, we're all slaves to sin and, and self-centeredness, doing life my way. So, we know that there's something in our life, most of us, that we're saying, ah, that really needs to change. And we're beginning to realize, yes, that needs to change, but I can't change it. I've tried. I've tried and I've failed over and over and over again. Maybe you had a marriage end and you realized, wow, man, I really messed that up. Or maybe you had a second marriage or a third marriage and it was the same problem over and over and over again. And maybe finally this one time you're saying, maybe it's not them. Maybe I'm a big part of this problem. Or maybe parents are watching their children one at a time. They're just, their lives, children's lives going off the rails. And maybe you're beginning to say, huh, I wonder if I had a part to play in that. Or you might be a single adult and you might be in relationship after relationship after relationship. And the only thing that's changing, the problems are remaining the same. It's just a different person each time. And maybe finally you're beginning to realize, you know what? I might be part of the problem. See, realizing that there's something wrong inside of me because I can't seem to make things right. That's kind of a starting place for all this. Addiction. Maybe it's something that you just can't stay away from. You don't just like it. You can't stay away from it. Maybe it's depression that's just out of control. Maybe it's your thought life that is just off the rails. But finally... And hopefully, by God's grace, we all just come to this place where we're able to look in the mirror at our own lives and we're able to say this, I have a problem and I can't do anything about it. And I've tried. And I have made promises after promise after promise. And I have read book after book after book. But I can't break free from this thing. And I believe God looks at you and says this, all right, now we're getting somewhere because now you have come to grips with the facts that you can't do this life on your own strength. That's not the Christian life. That is not the life of a believer. So whether you're a believer or not a believer, 
As long as we're living our lives depending on our own strength and our own ability, we are going to be a slave and function as a slave to sin. The moment we become a Jesus follower, though, God breaks that slave collar. But until we are moment by moment by moment dependent upon God's spirit, then, well, we're going to still function as a slave even though he's broken that power. We're still going to be controlled by those desires even though he's broken that power. Our first response when we're living like that is to blame other people. Well, if they wouldn't and if she wouldn't and if he hadn't have, we blame them. It's their fault or we blame God. It's his fault. It's somebody's fault until we finally look in the mirror and we say, you know what? Yeah, it is somebody's fault. It's my fault. It's my fault that this is out of control. It's my fault that this is controlling me. And learning how to cope with it, that's not the answer. Jesus didn't save us so that we could cope. He saved us so that we could walk away from that and we could leave that and put that in our past forever. Regardless of what we tell ourselves or regardless of what we tell others, regardless of what our past is telling us, the truth is God says that if we have made Jesus the boss of our lives, we are not a slave to the flesh anymore. And we are not to live as a slave to the flesh anymore because we are not the person we used to be. Yeah, listen, we, let's be honest. There's a link to our past and what we experienced growing up. There is a link to that and how we're dealing with it today and what has been handed to us, what has been maybe forced upon you as a child or a teenager, what you went through, what you experienced. How those relationships in your past had extreme power in your life and they pushed you in a direction in life. Those relationships from growing up, they had power to shape us. And we carry that with us into our adulthood. All from possibly pain and hurt in those relationships. And yeah, those things back there did make us vulnerable to certain kinds of temptations, to certain forms of addiction. Those experiences from the past, yes, some of those experiences did cause some of us to be promiscuous, did cause some of the relationships depressed. So we have seen the power of those relationships in our current everyday lives. And it's like God is saying this to us. All right, now I want you to take a new relationship with an unimaginable amount of power and I want you to take that and allow me to turn your life upside down with a whole new relationship, a relationship to God. So if we think that our parents or grandparents, aunts, uncles, boyfriends, girlfriends, if we thought they could mess up our lives, well, listen, 
Just wait until you see what God can do with it to turn it all around. Because a Christ-following life is 100% relationship, just like those were relationships. And if we're good at linking our problems today with what happened to us in the past, then just imagine what your Heavenly Father will do in your life today if we will learn how to relate to Him correctly. Now, Paul talks about this, and we've covered this in the past few weeks. Paul has described for us how a follower of Jesus, um, that there is no sin that that follower of Jesus can commit that will separate you from God. He's taking care of that. Now, that's powerful. Now, let's look at verse 10, okay? Verse 10, Romans chapter 8. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit, now your spirit, that's the part of you that lives and goes on and lives forever and ever and ever, your spirit. It's that part of you that's looking through your eyes right now. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. So here's a fact, Paul says, fact, your body, it's going to die. That is a fact. No one has yet figured out how to keep their bodies living. We haven't. Everyone dies. It is a result of sin and death. That's the result. Our bodies today here are cursed because of sin. It goes back generations and still happening today. But there's a part of us that is eternal and it's alive. And that part of us that will never die. Death is cannot touch this part of our body, and it is our spirit. Death simply transitions us into the next realm of eternity. That is where we will remain forever. That's our spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, this is God's spirit, is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who lives in you. Now, how's he going to give us this life? Paul says it's through his spirit who lives in you. His spirit is so powerful that he can move into a dead, decaying body and bring it back to life. That's what he did for Jesus. If you don't believe it, just look there. The life of Jesus. He was totally abused. He was bruised. He was tortured. Crucified. He bled to death. He was in the grave. Wrapped up in over a hundred pounds of cloth and ointment. Dead. Stone cold. Dead. In the grave. And the Holy Spirit says, no problem. And he moves into that life. That dead body. And he brings it back to life. We're going to celebrate that in just a few weeks. That same power, Paul is saying, is available to us right now, this very moment, if you're a follower of Jesus. And it's that power to overcome sin moment by moment in our lives right now. And God is offering in our lives to just turn them all around. So God's asking us, okay, let's look at it. Do you have the power? To overcome your decaying body? 
And the answer is, well, no, no, I don't. Do you have the power to overcome the eternal penalty of sin in your own life? No, no, I didn't have that. Do you have the power to daily overcome the power of sin? Well, obviously I don't because I keep screwing up, right? So the answer to those questions, no, no, no. We are aware that the answer is no, but guess what? If you're anything like me, we still continue to try. We promise, oh God, I'm going to do better this time. But I can't. I've already tried it. I can't. I'm going to do better. I promise. I'll try harder. I'm really going to do it this time, God. I'm going to stay away from that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to try harder. We eventually have to realize that if I'm going to get free of this sin in my life, it's going to take the very same power that I relied upon to get me to heaven. I need him. Did the, old, did, did the Holy Spirit overcome sin so that we can be connected to God forever? Because I couldn't do it, could I? The Holy Spirit had to do that. The answer is yes. Did the Holy Spirit move into that dead body of Jesus and bring him back to life? The answer is yes. I couldn't have done that. Can that same Holy Spirit move into your life and into my life and overcome the power of sin every moment, moment by moment of my day? And the answer is yes. I can't, but he can. If that is true, then listen to this next verse, verse 12. Paul says, therefore. So in other words, because of everything I've just said, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Oh, we may choose to do it, but we are no longer obligated to do it. We are no longer slaves to that sin. You don't have to. Just remember your salvation. Just remember the resurrection of Jesus. Just remember it is the Holy Spirit that is now inside of your life. I don't have to live that way. I don't have to be controlled by those emotions. I don't have to give in to those desires. Paul says, I am now, if I'm a follower of Jesus, no longer under obligation. Before I was obligated, I had to. Now I don't have to. Say it out loud if you have to. Repeat it day by day, over and over again if you have to. I am under no obligation to sin. In fact, I, I, would you humor me right now and just say that with me? I'm going to say it. Then would you say it with me? I'm going to say it first. I am under no obligation to sin. Will you say that with me? I am under no obligation to sin. That's what Paul says. And maybe that's what we need to repeat to ourselves and remind ourselves. And I'm going to tell you, as I was getting all this together and as I've been working on this series, my life has been upside down as I have felt like I've gone through my day-to-day -day life because the evil one knows that I am not obligated, but he wants me to live obligated and as a slave, even though I'm free. And I just have to repeat. I just have to say it out loud. I am under no obligation to sin. I am under no obligation to do this. Because I'm not the person I used to be. Because I'm in Christ. 
His spirit is in me. His spirit, if you're a follower of Jesus, is actually in you. And now we have the freedom and the power to walk away. To just walk away. Why? Because we are not under an obligation to do that sin. Now look at the next verse. Now remember as I read this, he's talking to believers. Verse 13. For if you live by its dictates, the flesh, the law, if you live by its dictates, you will die. He's talking to believers. He's saying if you choose to continue to live as a slave to sin, you're not a slave, but if you choose to live as a slave, you are going to reap those consequences of being a slave to sin, which is, he says here, is death. It's death. It's death. We talked about last week how he's talking about this relational death. If we choose to continue to live as a, as a slave to sin, we will experience relational death after relational death after relational death. The first one might be the death of your self-esteem, the way you relate to yourself. It's going to be the death in, in an experience, uh, your personal experience of walking with God in a relationship. You don't lose your relationship. If you're a follower of Jesus, you do not ever lose your relationship with God. But there will be a death in how you experience that relationship. You will feel, feel a, a million miles away from God, even though you're a believer, right? There's a death, a decay in how we experience that relationship. If we choose to live as a sin, uh, as a slave to sin, even though we're free, we're going to reap the consequences of walking in the flesh just like everyone else will. Here's his point. Why do that? Why take all of those consequences into our lives and into our families and into our relationships with other people when we have another option? Look at the next verse, verse 13. For if you live by uh, the Spirit, if you live by, no, verse 13, if you live by the flesh, its dictates, you will die. But here's this relationship part. Through the power of the Spirit. So he gives us these two options. Flesh, the Spirit. Through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. You will live. Not through your own power. Mm -mm. There's, you're going to have death there. Death of relationships there. Not by promising, oh, I'll do better, I'll do better, I'll do better. I'll try harder, I'll try harder. Mm-mm. We've tried, we've failed. I cannot deal with this habit. I don't have the power. I cannot defeat this sin. I, oh, I can get better for a few weeks, but eventually I'm going to go right back to it. I don't have the power to do it. I cannot handle this problem myself. I can make some course corrections for a little while, but eventually I'm going to go right back to it. I could even make a course correction for a year, two years, three years, four years. But after a while, I'm going to wear out and go right back to it. That's in my own power. 
only when I depend moment by moment on his power, then, Paul says, then I will really live. Now, if you're anything like me, here's what we ask. Okay, Harley, I'm with you. Great, sounds good. How do we do that exactly? <laughs> but, but how? H- how do I do that? Well, the answer is we can't. The only way is if he will do that. God's spirit will do that. If God's spirit will put to death that sinful nature inside of me. When we allow his spirit to have access to our lives moment by moment by moment, something happens in that relationship. Moment by moment by moment, God's spirit having access to my life, something happens, begins to just happen with my responses to other people. It's not me doing it. When I am moment by moment by moment relating to God's spirit, having a conversation with God's spirit, something begins to happen in my discipline in the way I live my life. Something begins to happen in every part of my life. And here's the thing. I can't, but he can. That's why there's not a how-to list. The how-to is this. Only God can do it. We can't anymore. I, I cannot defeat that habit any more than I could save myself. I can't do it. That is the moment by moment by moment relationship with God's Spirit who's in me where I say, okay, in this moment right now, I can't defeat this. I know what could happen here. I can't do it, but God's Spirit, you can. Moment by moment, I can't, you can. I can't, you can. Because I'm no longer under obligation to do it. But I will do it if I try to do it in my own power. I need the Holy Spirit. The only way I won't be under obligation or to live as a slave to sin is if I depend upon him moment by moment. Say, God, I can't. You can. I know as we talk about this, some of you might be thinking, Right, Harley, right. You know, I've heard all this before. But Harley, this doesn't work for me. It might work for you, Harley, but it does not work for me. My past, you don't know my past. You don't know what I've been through, what what has happened to me, and the decisions I have made as a result. You don't know. And I want you to know something. That voice that you just heard in your head that was telling you, that you can't, that this is it, you've tried it and you failed and this doesn't work, that was not God whispering in your ear. That was your enemy who wants you to continue to live a life that is defeated and controlled by sin. He does not want your life changed because he doesn't want your life to be used as an example or an encouragement to someone else who is also living slaved, uh, chained to sin. He doesn't want them to be encouraged by your life. And so he wants to keep you defeated. He doesn't want you to experience freedom. He knows you're no longer a slave to sin if you're a follower of Jesus, but he knows that he can convince you to still live as a slave. 
you might think to yourself, well, you know, Harley, I've just gotten to the point in life where I know that I'm going to go to heaven because I've got a relationship with God, but I just can't break free from this sin. It keeps beating me up. It keeps, it keeps holding on to my life. Those thoughts are never going away. I'm just going to hang on to them. Those actions are never going away. I'm just going to hang to them. I'm just going to endure. I'm just going to get through. I know where I'm going to end up. I'm going to have to be satisfied just the way things are right now. And I want you to know, those thoughts are not from God. Those are from the father of lies. Paul has spent an entire chapter here saying, listen, look, just look, just look. Before you can move on to the next part of your Christ-following life, you have to know, regardless of your past, regardless of what you've been through, you are free and no longer a slave to any of that. You are no longer under an obligation. You don't have to keep living that way. And we say, okay, but how do I make the transition from that to what God wants? And he says this, it's through a moment by moment by moment relationship. A relationship. Our hand in the hand of God, moment by moment by moment. Not, it is not found in a to-do list or a to-do-better list or I will do this now, I promise list. It is found in a moment by moment by moment relationship with God's Spirit. Most of us take the New Covenant, that's the New Testament part of our Bible, and we read that and we feel guilty. And we read it, we feel guilty, and we say, okay, God, I'm going to do better. I'm going to try harder. I really should be doing that. I'm going to try harder, God. I will do better today, I promise. We've developed that kind of conversation with God, but we've never really developed a moment-by-moment relationship with God's Spirit where we say, God, I can't do that. I just read that. There's no way I can do that. I can't, God, but you can so this should excite us. What I'm talking about is not something that you need to try harder to accomplish. Just like I needed a Savior to save me, I need His Spirit to empower me, to lead me, to save me from doing that sin moment by moment by moment. It's not a once-in-a-lifetime decision. Salvation is. But then the Christian life is a moment by moment by moment conversation relationship with God's Spirit. Moment by moment. I need His power. I need Him to free me moment by moment. And it only happens through a moment by moment relationship where I say... These insecurities are out of control. And my mind is going crazy. I need him in that moment to save me. I can't make it stop. And that fear, moment by moment, that's when you need him. You can't make it stop. You need him. And that depression, 
Yes, my doctors helped. Yes, they did. My counseling helped. Yes, it was great. But you know what? Ultimately, God did in my life. His spirit began to work in that moment-by-moment relationship with depression. And I'm not saying anything. Yes, I, I took medication. Yes, I needed it. But his spirit, that moment-by-moment relationship in, in your anxiety, in, in jealousy, in, in the results of what someone did to you as a child, and you're still dealing with it today. Yes, that moment-by-moment relationship with God's spirit is going to begin to change your life. The tendency that you have to control everything around you. Yeah, that's a problem, and you'll never be able to stop it. You'll never be able to control that. God's Spirit can, though. God, I can't. You can. The habits that you've been developing, and you're saying, listen, I I know, yeah, I need to do better. I need to stop. I know I do. We can't, but He can. Why? Because I am no longer under an obligation anymore. And it begins right here. Moment by moment in a relationship, 100% relationship, 0% to-do list, 100% relationship, a conversation you have with God's Spirit who is inside of you. Yeah, we've been tied to sin. And yes, if you're a follower of Jesus, he's freed you. But yes, we have still been living a life tied to sin, reacting to people in a certain way. And we've been living tied to that when Jesus freed us, but we're still living tied to that. And his spirit will free us. We have no obligation to continue living like that anymore. Not another day, not another minute if we will moment by moment depend upon him. He's freed us. He's just waiting on us to take off the slave collar. It's already been broken. And to walk with him moment by moment away from the bondage. And my hope is that you'll join us in that. We want to be a part of a church in this area, in this region where we have a core group of people. And maybe it's you who are right here today and you who are listening with us online right now today. It may be you, this core group of people that we realize, I can't do it, but he can. I am under no obligation to continue living like that. But if I try to do it on my power, I will continue to live like that. I need his spirit moment by moment as I have a conversation, an ongoing conversation with him throughout the day to lead me, guide me, direct me, empower me. And can you imagine how that will change this church and how that will change your family and how that will change your relationships, how that will change you at work and your work environment? They'll never be the same. And it's a process. It's not a magic formula. It's a process, moment by moment, daily. It's a process. Yeah, we're going to fail and we're going to fall, but we don't stay there. We get back up and we keep going moment by moment by moment. 
It's a relationship. And when you live your life by walking in the Spirit, you will now be able to show your friends and your family and your children, some of you, your parents, you will be able to show them how they can live free too. Join me as we pray. God, I've lived too long controlled by sin. God, some of our family and friends listening right now, they, they feel controlled by lust. They can feel controlled by anxiety, controlled by fear. They feel controlled by insecurity. They feel controlled by control. And right now, I pray that we're ready to give up our control to your power moment by moment. Help us to understand that relationship. It's not a one-time experience, God, but an ongoing conversation, an ongoing submission to you and for your empowerment. Help us to not look for a list, but help us to dive into a relationship where you will set us free from the power of sin, that power of sin that has controlled our lives for far too long. And Jesus, you have made it possible for us to say, I am under no obligation to that sin anymore. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray these things. Amen.